going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Tour Championship. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambling. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What's up, Kenny? We made it. It's the end of another season, man. We're here. Tour Championship just got off the BMW Championship. Crazy finish. Going to talk Victor Hovland, that course record 61 in a second. Break it all down for you guys. Maybe talk about the Tyrrell Hatton interview. The, uh, the best one I saw was, uh, I think it was... I forget who said it, actually. I think it was, uh, I don't want to say, but when someone said it was kind of like the Chris Hansen-esque of him walking in the room, like, here, take a seat. Like, Hatton just was, what, what is going on right now? I'm just trying to get this over with, but we'll get into it. Before we do, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by PricePix.com. If you haven't yet done so, jump on over to PricePix.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. That's it for this season, Kenny. We're on to the last one. So talk to me. Hovland gets the job done. Scotty stumbles a little bit down the stretch. You know, a couple other guys were in the mix for sure. But what were your takeaways? BMW championship. I do still say, I'll say this again. I do love that course. I love Olympia Fields. I think it's a great course. I think it's a great course. Uh, uh, Our eighth season, just completing our eighth season. We'll be starting our ninth season here at the Fortnite championship, which is wild. I think I got 10 seasons in me. So so you might have a couple (laughs) of years left. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but uh, it's sort of wild that we've been doing this for that long. I think Tammy, you've been around for five of those. Uh, so uh, it's been a while. It's been fun. Uh, we're going to keep it going. And the event this past week is great. Uh, personally for myself, just because I had the Hovland outright, uh, which is very, very nice to have uh, to go along. I also hit the Helen killed each way. I know PGA tout was uh, pushing him hard on the DP world tour last week. Hit that each way. Hit the Sungjae each way last week. Uh, actually, I've had six each way bets since I started uh, betting on that site that provides each way betting uh, back in early March. And I am actually up for the year. Shockingly, I am up for the year just on that site. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I was on DraftKings before. I was down about $800 uh, going up to that. So I'm still down about 500 bucks for the season. Uh, so that's not bad when you're putting in about $7,000. So let's go ahead and win this week and have a winning season. That would be nice. Uh, the last one I had was 2019. So it's been a little while uh, since we've had a winning gambling season. And that's how golf gambling is. It's a little bit volatile. But and we saw how volatile it could be this past week at the BMW Championship with Hovland. Probably the best round of the year. At least the best nine. Uh, of the year, um, you know, shooting a 28 on the back nine and whistling, uh, and no whistling starts at uh, Olympia Fields with what, what, seven eights or you know, eight, eight, eight threes and a four to shoot 28. Uh, going into the back nine, I think it was four or five back, he was plus 5,000, he was 50 to one, uh, to go into. Of course, I had him pre turning at 17 to one. Um, so watching him do what he did was just magnificent. I mean, it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, birding 10, 11, 12, barring 13. And then that shot on 14, where he was in that, you know, ankle high, thick, rough. He missed the fairway to the left and hits his approach in a gap, maybe like a 12-yard gap in the front of the green, rolls it up there to about two feet. That's when I knew we had a chance. That's when I knew we had a chance. And then on the next hole on 15, he, you know, it was a par five. He hits it. He hits a second shot. He gets a horrible break. Uh, it's on the down slope 
uh, right before the bunker. It doesn't even if it gets in the bunker, it's an easy up and down for Brady, no problem. Uh, he has this crazy downhill lie, not that much green to work with. Hits an unbelievable chip, leaves it about seven feet, drains that par sixteen. Hits it tight on 17 on the second shot for an easy birdie. And uh, no, no, 17 was sort of shady. Like if you saw uh Hovland hits behind the hole, Rory is has his birdie putt, puts it past Hovland's ball on the other side of the hole, misses his birdie putt by like 11 feet. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then gives Hovland the perfect uh, you know view. Like Hovland was sitting was literally standing directly behind Rory, like uh, leaning up against the uh, pavilion, watching that putt go in. And when he hit that putt, it was so – and then Hovland just steps up, and it's just such a pure putt, just straight in the middle, like with full velocity. It seems like a tiger-type tiger, tiger type putt where he just drills it out there. And, of course, uh, he birdies 18 as well, the two hardest holes in the course. Um, you still needed a little bit of help from Scheffler, um, Scheffler, I think when it really started to go bad was on 15, um, when he was right in front of the green, uh, I think in two or three and maybe three, I uh, flubbed his chip and just, and, you know, uh, and, and couldn't make the birdie, uh, made par. And of course he bogeys 17 misses that, uh, pretty easy, like six footer and it was over by then. So, uh, great event. I, I had a great, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I also had Hovland and cash. I also had home and cash. Um, you know, both of those guys started out. Kawa just did okay. He was my third cash game cornerstone. Kenyama, even though he finished like 46, he finished like 32nd in points. Uh, he had 15 birdies uh, for, for the uh, four days. So worked out really well. Was in like the top 1% in cash. Hit that outright. Great week for me. Really trying to end it on a strong note. Really want to win uh, one more bet so I can have officially a winning season. Uh, that is what I want on the books. I'm not the greatest bet guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I started this podcast with DFS. Uh, and so, you know, we sort of moved with the times and as the time, basically I've been learning uh, as much as you guys have when it comes to the betting aspect, uh, you know, in the first couple of years, beginner's luck, I guess, because I crushed uh, the last couple of years, little bit of a struggle. So it's nice to go ahead and get this back on an upward track. Tampa, what'd you think of the event? I love the event. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, the start of the playoffs, I was hating on it a little bit. I definitely did not love the previous week. Just whatever reason, like I said, maybe it was the juice factor that you and I talked about on that show. Maybe it was just the you know, leading up to that, the way it all shook out. But this one, I was much more excited for 50 of the best course that I like, just everything that was playing out. And I think there was, cause there was mega millionaire makers and bigger prizes on DraftKings and all of that. But the, Event couldn't have played out better. I mean, in the end, obviously, this Hovland 61, like you said, I definitely think it was the round of the year for sure because you got to factor in everything about it. Like this course, if you want, this is one thing I'll say, side note on Twitter now. I'm not sure if you knew this. Everyone that hated on people that signed up for Twitter Blue, well, now if you have enough impressions on Twitter, you can actually get paid by X premium or whatever the hell they want to call it now. But the point being, you can actually make money. Like I made more than I made. So last month I made more than I paid anything in Twitter blue because of the impressions and the tidbits and things like that, that all get hits. And if you're putting out good information, more people look at it, more people, hopefully retweet it, quote, tweet it, comment on it, whatever it will be. But all that to say, people are looking for engagement farming now, right? They're putting out things like last night, people were putting out um, what's that Monday Q info. He, he was saying it as a joke. He did it, but he said he thinks Corey Connors 
should make the team. Well, what do you think uh, for the president's choices for, or for the, the captain's pick story for the Ryder cup, not the president's cup. That's where Corey Connors would show up at and will in 2024, which will be at by the way. But side note, again, he goes, uh, Corey Connors is one of the captain's picks. What do you think happens? The whole world jumps on. He's, he's Canadian. He can't be a, so, but all the hits and the impressions go up and it helps your, your ex. And so yesterday I saw people putting it like, this course is an embarrassment, allowing a 28 on the back nine or whatever it was that he shot, like a 61. The PGA Tour and the playoff system was already an embarrassment. This shouldn't be able to happen and all this, just making fun of it. But really, it's just an insane round, right? Obviously, nobody put up a round like that. Uh, I'd be interested. I know we just did I this. I mean, Hall shot a 62, right? Where? Here. There. Yeah. yeah on, at, on Saturday. At, at Olympia. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think mean, we were talking the, about more with Sunday uh, pins, all that. Uh, but I guess the yeah. argument would be, when Bryson just shot his 58, we had our friends like Rick Rungood and people like that. You know, there's just the data wizards that can go out and figure this stuff out. Say, like, actually, you got to look at some of these other rounds based on strength of field, course conditions, everything. Like Ricky's round to open up. What was it? Ricky and Xander both at the U.S. Open that shot like that. I forget what it was now, but round one, it was a very low score for that course. And people were like, this course is a disgrace. It was like, no, two guys ripped it apart and shot this score. I would wonder where Hovland's round would stack up because, man, Sunday pins, everything on the line to get the win in a playoff event with 50 of the best in the world, all of that inclusive. One of the best rounds I've seen in a long time. Just impressive stuff. You talked about that one shot. There was a lot more to it. That was the the premium highlight. But, man, there was just so much that went on good with that round. So good stuff from him. Scotty, funny enough, you know, Tita Green just off the charts again, just absolutely laps the field. And then just a couple putts down the stretch that he missed, man, that really cost him. Uh, or it's another, I mean, it's just got to be another one that has to go down. The guy just has to be so frustrated with that because, man, it's so many wins that he could have in the bag. It just feels like it, at least. Rory did the old Rory thing. He actually missed his short eagle putt, too. But Rory looking like he was involved when he actually wasn't, right? He kind of, you could have said he was, but he wasn't. And, yeah, what watching a lot of that stuff, I mean, my guys did bad. I did have a sweat. It's a no-cut event. So it doesn't really matter. And in the end, I made good money and I'm excited because it was off those two tickets that I won in the mega. But I went into Sunday sitting seventh place in the mega milli with a million up top. So, I mean, it felt pretty good. I came out in 46th. So that just shows how quickly you can switch. I needed, I had, I, I got you, I got you beat on that. I was, I was 21st going into the back nine on Saturday mm-hmm. um, in the $5. That lineup finished 7,673rd. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about the large fields, small fields, but also what's the top prize and availability. Again, I knew it was nothing major, but uh, another friend, Nelson Adcock, who runs Cut Sweats, he has like the simulations where you get, again, it's just an idea. I've I've been 37% to win the 555 before and came second. Like that's standard stuff. I'm just saying like in general, like you feel pretty good until you don't. Uh, my buddy Todd was 91% that I went to the Fantasy Golf World Championship in these same simulations to win the fantasy golf world championship and Peter Gibbons in second to him. He's like, he's like, what do I even do? He's like, should I even, is there any way I can hedge? Should I do it? I was like, I don't think you do anything when you're 91%, you just sit back and hope it goes well. It was still a sweat. Tony shot. He needed Fino. Fino shot a one under bogey free. Like that's how it can change so quickly in these events. But going into Sunday, I was like 1.5% to win, but the highest was like 12. So I was like, ah, oh, it's like, it's a long shot, but you never know. It's always good to have a sweat going into Sunday at one of these big events did not turn out, but made, Pretty good money on the week overall, so I'll take it leading into this final event. But other than that, I didn't have too much else on the event, Kenny. I, like the Tyrrell Hatton thing, I know you commented on it. I thought that was hilarious. Just the, uh, you know, the, hey, can I talk to you about the, the FedEx Cup for a second? 
you are, did you know you're 29th? Like, I know he looked like he was out of it and thought he was done with it on 18 when he missed that putt. But what, what was your take on it? Because I know you tweeted about it. I was just shocked that they released the video. It was just not a good video to promote the FedEx Cup. I mean, maybe Hatton really did care. He just didn't seem to look like it uh, at that point in time. I mean, or he just had no idea what the fuck was going on with this random dude coming in with a camera and a mic and be like, yo, <laughs> you're in it. And you're like, oh, cool. Great. Like, like, like did, they, did they ask him if he was if he could be like – uh, on Definitely camera not. for this that's Obviously one thing not. i'm sure of they did not that was yeah. not scripted and that was like you said buddy ran up on him like he was yeah. like what the fuck like what do you want like what's up and the guy's like i got good news kind of but you might be three out of it but this could happen you're like better than 50 fit he just was making shit up on the fly the one thing i would say is i think that you know people took it as like he doesn't give a shit i know you kind of thought that a little bit but i think it was just bad timing like, dude does get, obviously wants to be in it people want to make east lake it's a big deal if you I know saw the, the interview with Bellonis. It's obvious he wanted to be in it. Yeah, I mean, I just the guy literally just missed the putt. He thinks he's out. He's pissed off. You're not really delivering great news. You're delivering, like, maybe news, and it's at the worst timing. He's literally just getting done his round. So I just thought it was really funny that they thought that was, like, awesome content, and it wasn't. And the funnier one, I thought, actually, I don't know if you saw this or many did, but, like, Greller was at the table, and, like, Ricky was at the table, and they're checking in on Spieth to see if he got in. But it was like, again, this one was kind of more the opposite. This was like, I don't even know if Spieth gave a shit. Obviously, he does. I'm saying it in the sense of, like, comparison. But obviously, Greller gives a shit because it's more money for him. There's probably, like, a bonus looped into his contract. Like, if you make it there, besides the money that you automatically make, who knows, right? So I just thought it was funny. They were, like, sweating it more than Spieth actually was versus Hatton was just like, get out of my face. I just got done missing a putt. I, you don't, you're not even telling me if I'm in. You're giving me maybe news. Like, fuck off. I want to move on with my, like, my day and go have a beer or something while I wait. So uh, anything else from the BMW championship that you were thinking of? Oh, of course, we got to talk a little bit about the Ryder Cup and seeing, you know, who, Definitely who played themselves out, who played themselves in. I think uh, Glover finished, what, top 15? I don't think he played themselves out of it yet. Um, I think Sam Burns maybe, uh, you know, throws a little bit more uh, thought process into Sam Burns this week. I think Fina's out, uh, unless he somehow, like, goes ham this week. Because, you know, here's the thing when it comes to the Ryder Cup. You got the six locks. You got uh, Scheffler, Harmon, Clark, X, Cantlay, and Homa. They're in. My next five in are going to be Fowler, Morikawa. Um, why can't I think of the rest? Well, I think Fowler, you Mor- wrong there too, right? Because who didn't uh, – who did you say? Because X played himself in. Kepka's out now. Yeah, yeah. The so, so I think – yeah, yeah. So I, I said X was in there. So those are the okay. six that are in. And I think Kepka, Spieth, Morikawa, Fowler, um, Young. I, maybe I don't know, man. It's so I, I think Young is in just because Freddie told him said that he was in, and it would look horrible uh, if they decided not to put him in. But I don't think he deserves it either. So I mean, I you know I think the four that deserve it are going to be Morikawa, Fowler. Uh, Kepka and Spieth, and that makes 10. So that leaves two spots for the guys that are remaining. Let's just throw Cam Young in there because Freddie Couples said he is. So you got one spot left. At this point in time, like I said last week, if Glover finishes top five at the, at the Tour Championship, I think he's in. Because the reason why the United States made this change their way of picking players and waiting until after the tour championship is exactly the reason why Glover should be picked. 
I mean, they're looking for the hot hand as their final pick. Um, I think Glover should be in, but JT's still in. JT's still, uh, you know, part of the mix. I think he still has a decent shot. I think it's 50-50 Glover and JT right now. And I think Glover could play himself out of it. And I think Burns with a strong finish, you know, three three top 15s in his last five events or three top 20s in the last five events isn't like horrible, you know? And, and you know, you know his relationship with Scotty. Uh, they're best friends. You can have that little twosome go out and play, play, you know, and, and keep up with basically anybody else on, on the European side. Uh, so I, I think it still comes down to this week. I think Glover finishes top five. He's in. Uh, I think uh, that's that's the way it's going to go. And I think young Cam Young is in. If Cam Young is not in, that's when we see JT. Uh, and then here's the big question, though, is, is Zach Johnson going to pick Capica? What do you think? Yes. I think so, too. But I think there is a small possibility he doesn't. Uh, you know, because he won the PGA Championship, and the PGA is run by the PGA of America, which hosts the Ryder Cup, having their champion not in this event just seems weird. Uh, he's going to be in. The, he's going to be on the team. That's just again. People are looking for so many things to talk about. What you just said, not the captain stuff, because that to me is just so obvious that we just if it happens, man, the, the internet will blow up. Like that would just make no sense. But either way, I get it because like people, there's even. I think uh, our friend Axis said this on Twitter. Like the kind of the funny part is we we at least get people to talk about this now, even though it's not really a talking piece. That because Xander just slipped into the one spot he needed to to bump Brooks, that mm-hmm. now it literally can be a political type talking piece, but it's not going to be like Brooks is going to be there. I think Freddie couple sticks to what he said on cam young. I mean, he said it like the line was like, I can't get into trouble saying this home will be there. Young will be there. They said, what about speed? We'll be there. He'll be in Italy. He said like, he's making these calls confidently enough. And that's where I think, again, people just forget. But again, I get why it's a talking piece. I think this is, was, I think this was over before last week and no one will agree with me and that's okay. But I think, Fien- I think Finau, Glover, and um, who's the other one? Burns are done. Like, I think it's JT no matter what. I just, again, and then this week, did, again, you at least last week made a good case and people were right. I'm not saying, that's just my take. And last week I said, maybe Fina made, like I was hoping, like we could see some swings, but this week even more so, Kenny talking about it. And I meant more so before this week, it's done. I think it's done right now. I'm saying beyond what happens this week. What I'm saying is what happened last week, someone else said it today. Maybe it was our guy, Ron Kloss. We're referencing a lot of names today, but you guys know I take in all the info. I think he said, the problem is this week, nobody did shit. And well, I get why people don't think JT should be on the team. And he probably shouldn't for some reasons that people take into consideration. But for the other side of it, the man, 15 wins, two majors, the history in Ryder Cups, the fact that he does have camaraderie with the team already, the fact that he didn't really, you know, as bad as his results were, we talked about it. a lot of it was blow up holes and things like that. I just don't think the guy's dead meat or dead in the water or anything like that. I think he's on the team. And I think last week's, Results of all these guys, like Burns came T15, congrats, shot a plus one on Sunday. Like, who gives a shit? He didn't do enough. Glover didn't do anything. T22, Finau down the board even more and has been pretty bad. Even the 3M open, he couldn't close. I just talked about the one under on Sunday when you were in the event that you'd won the previous season can go out and close and not enough history on the team and big time stuff. Like, this guy, JT, has a real resume. And all these other guys do recently or have some sort of resume that we're talking about, but I, I just don't see it, Kenny. Like it, it, to me, it's done. That's the team it's going out. I, I mean, literally uh, Lucas Glover would have to win the damn thing this week to like stamp it. I think Maybe. The, the only argument I'm going to say is that, like I said earlier, the reason they waited this long, the reason why they changed it is because they look for the hot hand. 
that is what they are looking for. And that is usually who they have picked um, going into this final pick. That last pick uh, is usually a hot hand. That so goes without, least... Keep going. Like I'm just saying, but without it, like I think the net can only be Lucas Glover. I think so too. And I don't think, so you think too. at that point, it's like Fred Couples has to eat shit and say, sorry, Cam. Like he could still do it. He could still, yeah, they could still I, pull I, JT and say, if, sorry, if they, Cam if they, if they, if they put JT in front of Young yeah. and then play Glover, I, I don't mind that either. I mean, and that, people that, out there are saying, you guys are me. idiots. Like that's, again, people are forgetting. Like, it, it just doesn't, it's say what you want to say, what it should be and what it will be are not the same thing. And people need to get that through their head, not rudely, just factually. Cam Young should be on the team over Justin Thomas. Absolutely. If I'm looking at anything I look at, three screens here, I can tell you he should be on the team over JT. I agree. But I'm not. I'm telling you that it doesn't always go that way, and there is boys club stuff, and there is long-term stuff. And it's not even like I joked today about Tiger, and we talked about this last week. If Zach Johnson calls up his buddy Tiger and says, what would you do? And Tiger sells on him. He may not even sell on the fact that JT's his buddy. He may say the 15 wins, the two majors, the Ryder Cup history, the camaraderie with the rest of the team, his long-term form, what he showed lately, man, the guy grinded until the final chip of that tournament that week to try and push to get in. He wants it so bad. That's the fire in the Ian Poulter type conversation you had last week. That's who you just want on the team. And he may just run it based off that. So again, I'm not sure how it'll all shake out, but my thoughts are, and what my opinion that I'll stick to is it's the team you said, and it's Glover, Finau, and um, Burns, and then anybody else. I know the case for Henley is actually pretty strong based on course mm-hmm. fit and what he's been doing. Like all these factors that a lot of people we know and, and respect have, these are all good cases and reasonings, but I think unless Glover literally wins the damn thing and puts a stamp on it, it sh- maybe it shouldn't have to be that way. Again, your opinion, but I'm just saying, I think unless that happens, you can't say he forced his way to say he has to be on this team. And I think the team's already set. That's just my opinion. All right. Well, let's look at the top six that made it on each side so far. And, and who do you think is better? Like I said, the six for the Americans are X, Cantley, Scheffler, Homa, Clark and Harmon, the top six for the Euros, Rom, Hovland, Rory, uh, Fleetwood, Patton, and Bobby Mack. He, he's the one that actually made it, but we all know Fitz makes it, and we all know Hatton makes it. For those six, let, let, let's substitute Fitzpatrick for Bobby Mack, okay? What six would you rather have uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to it? Yeah, I mean, just listing those names... I think I'd rather have the Euro top six than the U.S. top six. What do you think? I was just going to say, that's the funny part about this. It's not a six on six, but to your question, I'm actually taking the Euros. Everything yeah. that, that sets up where it's over there, all the factors, but then also just the type of game they have that sets up where that's six and their form and everything with it to me is super strong where this becomes just like most sports. This is the one thing where like playoffs, I know we made fun of the playoffs last weekend and, and all this whole time for the PGA tour, but the Ryder cup, reminds me more of like the NBA playoffs. Like it's how deep is your bench? Like go look at the Denver Nuggets. Most people say, well, the only guy they know is Nikola Jokic and he's he's the guy. But what about the rest? It's all the other players on the team and then the bench is so strong. And we've seen that with other teams, the Miami Heat, all those, and I'm using NBA. The other sports have the same examples. The depth matters. That's where it just becomes to me that the, the U.S. stands out a little bit more. Like making jokes about, um, you know, picking the Euro team because, the, the U.S. is going to choose JT and then he'll miss a putt and people will say Glover would have made that. That's a joke. I can see it. But I, I think the Americans are still stronger when you consider all of it. But to answer your original question, I do like. Are the they Euro stronger, six. though? I, are I they stronger? Let's yeah. look at the bottom six of the United States. Morikawa hasn't won in two years. 
Fowler one win in the last four years. Kepka plays on the live tour. Um, oh, you're making the worst cases. Kepka uh, plays on the live tour. That would be a reason he's bad. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just six, trying to come up with some excuse. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, had, you know, I'm just trying to come up with with excuses for for it. But I mean, Kawhi hasn't won in two years. Fowler, you know, uh, Spieth hasn't won in a couple of years. Fowler won once this year, first time in four years. Uh, then you got uh, Kepka. I think Kepka's fine. I mean, I don't. I'm not too worried. But if you had to come up with some type of excuse, let's yeah. just say he plays on a glorified exhibition tour. Okay, let's just go ahead and say that. Uh, so that's four. And then who who is a, who's the fifth? Cam Young, who hasn't won ever in the history of his life has never won okay? <laughs> on the PGA tour and above. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's never won. Okay. Those are the five on the back half. And it looks like the back half is going to be so much stronger, but then you look at the back half for the euros Fitz, Hatton, Aberg, Sepp, who has more wins than all those guys I just talked about in the last two years. And then of course you got like your two random DP World Tour guys, Moronk or Paul or whoever else makes it. Yeah, those two might be a struggle. But those first four, I mean, to me, it's a, and it's in Europe. Okay. It's in Europe. And I, I, I've said this before, right? It comes to my favorite thing. I'm going to be rooting for the United States. I'm going to live and die with that tournament with the United States winning. But from a gambling perspective, do you think it's better? In, can you, like, if you have to put odds, I mean, for me, it's a coin flip. Especially since you, since we haven't won in Europe since I think before you were born, Tambo. I mean, like you know, what I'm saying it's been like 33 years, you know, or some shit like that. How old are you, Tambo? I'm glad I looked that young. So it was after the, it was after I was born. Believe okay, it, it was back. like 89. I think was the last time we won uh, on, on European soil. I was nine years old. Tambo was like two. You know what I'm saying? It's been a while. <laughs> And, you know, it, it doesn't – and the thing is, like, the younger Europeans who don't have experience are going to be gifted that home field advantage, and they're going to feel a lot more comfortable than the rookie Americans. And there's a couple of rookie Americans that are in the automatic – you know, Clark Harmon are, are two that I could think of right off the break. that And Homa, uh, those three right there, never played a Ryder Cup ever. And they're going to have to go over there and play in front of the European crowd. It's a coin flip. Uh, and, and, and in a coin flip, if you can get a plus number, right now it's plus 150 to plus 165 for, for the Euros. You take the plus number on a coin flip. Talk me out of this, Tambo. Talk me out of this. Yeah. The First of all, the excuses you made for half those bench guys on the U.S. were poor. The guys what, that did no make wins? that most No you know, wins? Like, you, the, okay. The, you said like Ricky Fowler won win this year. First of all, it's a win, so it counts. But second of all, it's like he played top 10 and top 15 and all these golf. other yeah, high end tournaments. And then the two bench guys golf. you said for the DP, uh, for the for the Euros, you go and two random DP guys. So well, that yeah. just tells you they're two, that's two bench players you just wrote off in your yeah. mind. First of all, I mean, here's what's going to happen on paper. It looks so much better that people are going to continue to bet this European side. And then more that number slides to the favor of the, like, again, comes down on the US side that we can get a better. Number on them, I think the latest I've seen is like minus 140 or minus 135 or something. If that gets like minus 120, minus, if it does get even or something like that, like that's when you could just hammer well, the U.S. side. And because now changed. you're saying, I see what you're saying now, taking the plus money and going over there. But the other thing I'll say too, I don't think it matters as much. We'll see. But like talking about a guy like Brian Harmon. So I get the case against this guy and whatever, for sure. But at the same time, not only did he just, dust the field at the open, which is the most recent biggest, you know, most recent major of the year, biggest event we've had in the last little while. 
just dusted the field there. This is a guy that when it comes to a format like this, sets up pretty well. When you're mixing and matching, when you're match play, when you're all the stuff, singles, all, all these factors, he sets up well. He's tough. He's feisty. It's tough to go against. So even when you add that factor in, Wyndham Clark won the U.S. Open, played pretty good golf a lot this season, had, had another uh, breakout win before that, played well before that. Again, you could say that it's on the front half of the season, not the back half, but it's still, again, a guy that's definitely playing on another level, has improved his game all around. So the 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 opening six is already closer than we made it, but I was still with you inside it with the Euro side. But on the bench, I actually don't think it's close. And like you said, just a lot of the stuff you made for those art, like Kepka was just inside it. You could say the live, live factor could be a thing, but to me it's not. And it's also, he was literally just inside the top six, a major winner. We know his moxie. He's got history. He's got results. He plays hard in these types of events. So you've got him, Fowler, Spieth, Morikawa. Like some of these guys we're talking about are just top-notch talents that it doesn't rate out even close versus some of the other guys on the Euro side that you're bringing into the mix. And also Fitz, you were already sliding into the top. So now you're actually bringing Bobby Mack down to that bench and calling him. And it's not, for that's another prime example. Kepka and Xander switching spots versus Bobby Mack and Fitz switching spots. Like it, it ain't, it's not as close as what you think. So what we would hope, or I would hope people continue to bet the European side and then you could get a number on the U.S. that's even better than it currently is. But realistically, I'll just wait till the first day and the first matches when the Euro goes three to one and it totally flips. And then I'll pound the United States just to hedge. That's a way to double probably, down. The last that's piece probably the way I'm going to do was, it. You know what I was warning is that I was going to tell you is that I do think this conversation is going to get a little deeper as we get a little closer. I know we're almost there already, but people will start to bring this up. And then what will happen is you'll lose that number. Like, I don't think we get to like a, a coin flip on this. I think we might see like another little spin on the number just a little bit, but then you might have to pounce because then it might just be people realize everything we just talked about. And they're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm just going to slam that American side. That looks pretty good to me. And then we're there. So we'll have to see also name dropping as many people as possible. This pod, our other friend, Joshua Perry, he said at the action network and he's super sharp. He said, if the, he said, he said, please, somebody give me a no on the minus 200 Aberg to make the Ryder Cup. So he actually thinks he won't make the Ryder Cup at this point. And again, I, I don't know enough on that side to say, I mean, Aberg showed himself. He, he looked pretty damn good to me, but maybe there's a, a chance they don't take him. He is still young. He'll have plenty of opportunities to get on future Ryder Cup teams. And I expect him to be there, but just a note, he said that, I mean, it could be, he still makes it. It's a minus 200. He can, he can make his, he can be wrong. But I'm just saying, it's like, again, if that, I don't know what the case is. If not, like if he's not making it, I just don't see how this team is stronger. And I do like the American side. So since 99, U.S. captains picks, not bad, like a 48% win percentage, but the European captain picks almost a 60% win percentage. Also since 90, 19, uh, 90, 1981, the auto qualifiers uh, for the United States when they play in Europe, 60% losing percentage. For the for for the auto qualifiers that's made it, and it's not like they've been. I mean, we're talking about the best golfers in the world, most of them from the United States. Uh, now, I would say that this batch is a little bit different than the time before when it was Tiger and Phil, and everybody hated each other, and you know they had to come together, uh, you know, every two years and dislike each other and try and play. Uh, and now there's a little bit more camaraderie, a little bit more team focus. I think that makes makes a big difference in these type of competitions. But the 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 the, the previous years have not been kind to the United States. And here's the thing: I said that in the last Ryder Cup, uh, and, and the United States whooped that fucking ass. 
I'm hoping for the same shit again this year, but I'm not going to bet uh, unless something happens and we get to a point where I, I can hedge uh, and we'll, we'll see how that happens. Also, so, yeah, shout know. out no laying up for that thread. That was another good piece of information. Did you get that, that was from a good one? I yeah. did get that from no laying up. Yes, that was solid. And uh, so, yeah, uh, looking at that, uh, we'll see. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Ryder Cup is one of my favorite things. Uh, looking forward to these, what, three weeks off before our first uh, fall swing. I actually get to go on vacation this week for the first time. Oh, let me tell you about what happened this past weekend. So I joined this fantasy football league, right? I've been trying to get in this league for years. There's a wait list to be in this league. It's about, so I've been waiting for like six years. The reason why there's a wait list, there's a couple of guys who are loaded in the league and they pay for the trip every year for the draft. Uh, They've been to Vegas. They've been to Tampa. They've been to Miami. They've been to Atlantic City. Uh, They go all over the place. uh, And like a couple of guys basically pay for the whole trip. So this is a very, very fun, good league to be in, right? Uh, So I finally got in the league uh, this year. We're going to uh, Pine Valley uh, down in Pinehurst. I'm leaving on Thursday. Uh, We're going to play the Cradle Friday morning, and we're going to play Pine Needles uh, Friday afternoon. Draft Saturday, leave Sunday. Then I actually come back uh, home, and then I leave for New York for the U.S. Open for three days, uh, starting on Monday. I take a train up on Monday, so I'll be in Queens uh, for that. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. But but so we, they had the last place um, uh, punishment this past weekend, and it was a, um, a variation on a theme of the 24-hour Waffle House Challenge. Uh, so we went out, you know, got hammered. Uh, Friday night, and, and the loser, first off, I don't know how to say this. You shouldn't be able to buy, like, animal sex dolls as easy as we were able to buy it, okay? <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I don't understand uh, what the market is. I guess there is a pretty fucking big market for it because we were able to find it very, very easy. So, so what, what we had to do, what the loser had to do for this was a 24-hour waffle challenge. He went to the waffle house. Every waffle he ate takes an hour out. And so we got him a little baby lamb blow-up doll. It literally had a place to stick your cock in, in the back. It was disgusting. I, 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 I you know, I'm, I'm pretty sexually liberal, right, as you guys have probably have known throughout these years. But this sort of grossed me out, okay? This grossed me out because it was just so easy to find. Uh, and so so every every waffle he would chew up and spit into the baby sheep's area and shove it in there with a two-hour all, two hours all. So we went ahead and did this. It took him like, we were there for the, he crushed 12 waffles in an hour. First of all, this guy's a soldier and spit six of them into the little baby sheep's, you know, little, little area uh, right there. And we were out of there in two hours. It was great. So here's the thing, DJ Nation. This is an auction league. I have never in my life played in an auction league. Get on the comments and give me some tips because there's no fucking way I'm going to finish last. In this goddamn league, the the previous year uh, I went on the trip, didn't get the draft. I went on the trip. Um, the the loser had to wear a neon green sundress in front of a bar in Tampa 
and sell lemonade until he reached a certain amount of money. It took him like four hours. He was out there. It was hilarious. The time before I went, the guy, one of the loser, had to get like six inch fingernails and toenails, like the fake ones, and then like all colored, all wild. And he had to he had to wear them the entire week we were at the beach. So I cannot be in last place. I, 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 you know, I'm usually, I, I, I don't, I'm not even going to say it because I'm going to jinx it. I, I'm pretty good at fantasy football, but normal, like, you know, for normal year long fantasy football, never done an auction draft. I need some hints. I need some advice. Get it to me on the, uh, the comments. Do your thing, DJ Nation. Help me out so I don't finish in fucking last place and I don't have to like, this to goddamn goat or something. I don't know what the fuck these guys do. They're wild, and I don't want to be a part of that. So, <laughs> so, so, please, please help me out there, Degen Nation. All right. So, enough of that talk. But I am looking forward to that vacation. It's going to be the shit. Also, looking forward to the Ryder Cup. Can't wait. Let's get to this week. All right. So, the uh, final PGA Tour event of the PGA season is upon us. Top 30 golfers uh, in the FedEx Cup Pointless head to Eastlake Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta for the Tour Championship. Uh, You know, four years ago, the tournament changed when it came to, um, you know, tournament scoring. Uh, The FedEx Cup leader, Scheffler, now starts at minus 10. Every other golfer will have between a 2 to 10-stroke disadvantage on the leader, depending on where they are ranked in the FedEx Cup standings. Now, it seems like, you know, guys way down the board will have no chance to catch leaders with the staggered scoring button 2020. We saw Xander jump for minus four prior to the first round, but holding the lead. He was a first-round leader, and he was minus four uh, going in, and the leader was at 10. That happened in 2020. We also saw Cantley start minus eight in 2019, but finished near the bottom on Sunday with a final score of plus one. Last year, Homa started at minus two finished in the top five. There has been someone who has started at minus two every single year and finished inside in the top five. So it's not impossible to make that leap and make that jump. Now, no player starting at minus one or even has finished top five since this began. But like I said, every year there's been a guy at minus two who makes it into the top five. I'm going to go ahead and skip my strategy part let Tambo take care of that. Let's go straight to the course. Uh, East Lake Golf Course, 7,400-yard par 70, four par threes, two par fives. Both the par fives are reachable, but if the prevailing wind shifts, the 600-yard par five 18th will be a tough reach by shorter hitters. Uh, usually the wind is at the golfer's back on that hole, so it doesn't play quite as long as the 600 yards suggests. Uh, the par threes here at East Lake are on the difficult side, as all four routinely end up as the four of the nine most difficult holes on the course. Three of them play over 200 yards, and the fourth is around 193. Five of the par fours are over 450 yards. Another five are between 400 and 450. Uh, and two of the par fours are under 400 yards. The course was originally designed by Donald Ross, but Reese Jones redesigned the course in 1994. Uh, the greens were switched from bent grass to Bermuda grass in 2007. Uh, Lake switched the nines a couple of a few years ago and are doing so again this year. The round now ends, of course, on that long 600-yard par five. Uh, it used to end on a par three. That sort of sucked. Uh, 
the last four holes are not going to make the final stretch a little bit more challenging. You know, 15th hole, long par three of the Peninsula Green. Uh, the prevailing wind usually blows towards the water, and there's a huge bailout uh, bunker on the left side. If the golfers hit the bunker on the left, they're going to face a difficult shot as the green slopes away from them towards the water. Uh, the 16th hole was lengthened recently, and golfers had to deal with a blind approach shot onto a large multi-tiered and heavily sloped green. The 17th is one of the few holes on the course of the major dog leg. It was also lengthened a few years ago. Um, it has one of the smallest greens on the course, and then they're going to finish with that par 5 18th hole. The par 5 18th gets birdies and eagles, but a big number is possible there also. We saw, like, what, five years ago, uh, you know, Rory uh, holding out for Eagle on 16, and then Chapel actually having a birdie putt on 18 to win the event. Now, off the tee, golfers will see tree-lined fairways that are fairly narrow in width, with large fairway bunkers in play on the landing zones. The rough not too tall, like two and a half to three inches, but it's very thick. So hitting hitting fairways is going to be important. Golfers need to hit certain spots below the hole uh, on the greens to have realistic birdie chances, and hitting it in a rough off the tee is going to make that a lot more difficult. The numbers show this is less than 50% of approaches from the rough land on the green. Now, this doesn't mean that the driver is going to be left in the bag. Many golfers still use the big dog off the tee, so fairways will be missed. Uh, if golfers struggle off the tee, solid short game is going to be useful. On approach shots, golfers will see a wide array of different green sizes. The larger the greens, um, the larger the greens will be, uh, the larger greens will be multi-tiered with a lot of slope. The smaller greens won't be tiered, but they're going to have a lot of slope from back to front. Some of the small greens will be slow from back left to front right and vice versa, which will make putting and chipping even more difficult. Uh, green side bunkers are going to be in play on most holes, with the majority of them guarding the very front of the greens. These Bermuda grass greens are a main defense of the course. They should play firm and fast with a stint meter rating of over 12. We'll see how firm they actually are since it's supposed to be like 150 degrees. <laughs> and humid the whole week there. People are going to drop. I can already see it happening. I'm already counting strokes gain fat guys because that could be a problem uh, this week with the amount of heat that they're going to have to go through. Also, when I'm at Pine Valley, it's supposed to be 100 degrees too. So I'm definitely going to be losing strokes gain fat guy when I'm playing on Friday. I can tell you that. Um, now, since these greens are so tough to chip and putt on, I think this makes this an approach shot putting contest. They're going to have to hit a golfer's going to have to hit a ton of greens and they must be, be prepared to hit putts with a lot of break and a lot of speed. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers? Also, let's talk about some strategy with this 30 man field and how you're going to go about this process. Yeah. Ultimate gambling. Someone just texted me. Someone just DM me on Twitter and said, is this really an event worth playing? And maybe just a, a small lineup for $6 or something, but lots of good tournaments still out there. So we do have to attack it from that perspective. We do have to try and find our way, to the top of that, I think the easiest way, obviously, right out of the gate is just to leave some money on the table. Anything maxed out this week when it comes to salary, even if it is the one that gets there, is going to be chopped pretty heavily, most likely, just to have to see how it all shakes out from that leaderboard. But funny enough, Kenny, some tidbits. First of all, two Canadians. We'll go more strategy after as we go through, but two Canadians. First time ever. We got Corey Connors, Nick Taylor, but we just removed Three Tony Koreans, bitch. Three Koreans, bitch. <laughs> you steal my thunder this is the good part you just brought that up actually it's a good segue to the thing if you remove tony fino you brought all the good stuff from two under two under is like a, a bad joke three koreans and one canadian walk into a bar you got tom kim sung jm Corey connors and siwoo kim three koreans one canadian all at two under Finau's there as well but you talked about how they always find their way to the top so which one let me ask you this before we get into it if you had to think about it from this 
Who is the one? If you can only pick one to get into the top five from two under, Tom Kim, Sungjae, Finau, Sihu, or Connors? Who? I already made the bet. Who is it? Sungjae, 28 to one, um, 72 a hole winner, uh, 28 to one, five places each way. Okay. We'll talk about it more when we get through the tiers. One other strategy piece just to bring up is obviously the, the stuff you talked about with like the guys at the top. Like it's just really hard. That is, that has mattered. That is a thing. Obviously Rory coming from whatever it was six back last year. But then again, you go look at that from this perspective. Okay. So he started at what, what did he start at four under or six under last year? Four under. So he, yeah, well, sorry. I was, I know six back is four under, but I thought it, I couldn't remember if he was coming from six back or from six under. He came from six no, back he, which is four yeah. under. So you've got this year, just looking at it, you've got Homa, Cantlay, Harmon, Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark's 9,100, by the way, and Fitzpatrick. So all these guys from 10-9 down to 9,100, they can easily be your second or even third guy into the lineup, the way this sets up and where their pricing is at. So just keep that in mind. People say, well, you don't need Scotty because these guys can come back from that far and beat him. It's possible. But like if Scotty only falls into second, he's probably still required with whoever this guy is that beats him. And you could still build those lineups out. So I think that's one way to look at it. And then the other thing, Kenny, is just we'll talk when we get to these tiers. But like Scotty, Rory, maybe Hovland off of last week, but he still might fall in like the fourth or fifth because you'll have Sungjae and then Xander, guys that just always get love in this spot. And for the reasonings of the pricing or their history, or whatever that might be, that's where you're going to have to look to make some of the fades it's not like many of these guys down low, even though it'll get spread out, it'll be spread out at a low enough ownership percentage where they're just mixed in because you have to use somebody to fill out your roster, but you can get different at the top this week and just fade some of those names that you just know are going to be popular and just hope it doesn't go that way. Or you can use them in a way like I just described, where even if you don't have Scotty as your winner, you want the win equity coming in behind him in your lineup. And then some different guys down low. The guy in first has won this tournament twice and has never finished outside of the top three. Right. So the guy in first place going into this event since they made these changes, two winners, and then the other two times, I think Sheffield finished second last year, and then JT finished third the year before. Um, and, and those are – so. and then I think uh, – who, uh, who else won? Um, anyways, that, that's the way it's come. So, so if you've been in the league going into this event, um, you've the worst finish you've had is third. So, probably not the worst thing to pick Scottish Chef. Uh, I would say. Uh, now you're going to have to change everything. You're going to have to see how different you can get when it comes to everything else. Now, for me personally, for for cash games, I'm not going to play. Uh, I, you know, the reason why is you know usually like the highest, you know, sometimes the highest uh, owned guy in cash is like 30, 40 percent. Um, you could still snake by possibly without rostering that guy, even if he goes ham. Well, let's say Hovland's the highest on guy uh, this week in cash at 65%. If you don't carry him uh, in your cash lineup, it's extreme. And then Hovland goes off. It's it's extremely tough uh, to catch up. So you make one small little mistake like that, and your week's basically over. Uh, so, so no cash for me uh, this week. But I'm going to play the fuck out of some CBPs. Uh, especially with the little bankroll boost I got last week uh, with a nice DFS week. Oh, speaking of the Mayo Media Network, pretty fucking solid week last week, guys. Pat with the um, with the big what? Uh, like four thousand dollars and change. Yeah, he, he won, won like, like twenty like times his buy-in. Yeah, twenty times his buy-in. Pat and DFS last week. Me and Jeff both had Hatton outrights. Um, I know Tambo. What w- came in the money in the um, 
one and none. Also, you said, like you said, you were in the running for the Millie Maker. My boy, uh, this is the man, man, my boy Gup. Uh, he hit uh, Hovland live 35 to one last week. So, really, really strong week. And we're looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to trying to win some more fucking money. So, I'm going to go ahead and play like 60 GPPs uh, this week. And it should be a good time. All right. Anything else before we get to these tiers? Don't no, hop into it. All right. Let's go ahead. Any stats that you're looking for, Tambo? You covered it good enough. I think obviously people, the good thing is people know what this course is like fairways. If you can get in them, they're tough to hit, but if you can get in them, it's nice. They approach shots, what it comes down to. And like I said, the greens, not the craziest, but again, getting on the greens can be tougher at times too. So the difference is, I guess you mentioned it too, like the runoffs and stuff like that. Like people do putt from off the greens here. The course is immaculate, the conditions, all that stuff. The heat will be a factor. So definitely keep an eye on that. But other than that, Kenny, not too much when it comes to stats. Yeah, approach, strokes gain around the green, par four scoring. I'm looking at par three efficiency for 200 plus. You're going to mm-hmm. have like minimum nine of those uh, it, it, during the week. I mean, and that other one can play up to 200 yards. Plus the longer approach shots you see anyway. So it kind yeah, of Yeah, 200 plus so. proximity. Yep. Yep. All that good stuff. All right, so let's get to these tiers. Let's go ahead and start from 11K and up since it's sort of a, a weird pricing. We're going all the way down to 5k again so let's start off with john rob all the way to scotty how are you going to go about this week when it comes to these guys i mean is there a bad play john Rom just doesn't seem like he's been that great this year outside of the masters he's been okay um but maybe not to the not to what we think he should be at least here recently um, you know, do do you do you look past that, and do you roster him this week, knowing he'll probably be the lowest zone of this group? Yeah, I haven't uh, you know played out my whole strategy yet for this week when it comes to how many tournaments and what I'm going to do. But there would be a chance, you know, I'd roster a lot of these guys, most if not almost all, based on if I'm playing like 150 because I'm just mixing and matching like two v two. Yeah, if you're playing like 150, that. you're using all 30 golf at the top. But right? I'm saying like I guess I want to talk about it from like let's say I only chose three to five lineups, Scotty for sure, and then Rom is in consideration for me because I know Rory and Hovland are getting love based on why they should. Look at Rory's results here, guys, incredible. I would just naturally say let's get different somewhere else. Again, not saying. You can't use him. And if I'm playing a bunch of lineups, he's going to get mixed in because the difference between him and Scotty is 400 bucks. Like I see why people will go there. Um, you know, Hovland for good reason coming off of last week, he looks incredible. But I think the interesting part about Rom is again, you talked about like the weather, if it's too hot, people will make fun of him for that. Obviously putting on a little dad weight or whatever, if you want to call it that people will make fun of that. The stats won't show up as good, especially not on the short term, which is what the majority of people look at. So to me, that just opens up a spot where, do I love it versus those other guys? No, I probably like those other guys more. But in the 30-man field, John Rahm starting just four strokes back, I mean, it's definitely possible. We're not This isn't crazy stuff to sit here and talk about. He's going to have some ownership anyway. So, I'm, again, it's just more of a tournament play thinking that, you know, Scotty, Rory, Hovland, Cantlay, X, those guys are going to get more love than Rahm and Homa. And Homa's not quite in this tier by $100 out of talking 11 k and up. But I think Scotty for sure. And then Rahm would be a guy that I'd be interested in if even on a smaller number of lineups just based on those other guys being higher owned and with only 29 guys to beat and only four strokes back, it's more than doable for a guy like John Rom to get hot for, for a four day stretch here. With the record that the first place guy has coming into this event, never finishing worse than third. Um, it's tough for me not to play chef. I'm going to play chef, but I think my favorite plays Roy. Um, this is, seems like this is the type of thing that Roy does. Like uh, he'll lose majors. He'll, he'll fuck up on majors. 
comes second, but when it comes to the FedEx Championship, the guys won like three of them. And like it's sort of like his shit, right? And so um, we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen when he's been way farther back. I think two of his wins, one was he was minus five going in. The other one, he was minus four coming in. And those are the two that he's won um, in these type of events. I, I, I'm going to have Rory. He's going to be my highest stone guy. Um, it's possible I fade Hovland around, which I'm scared, but especially Hovland because God damn it. I love that guy. And I want to roster him every fucking week. You can still get him 20 to one or better in every single major right now. As of last night, uh, we're recording this Monday afternoon at five o'clock. You could still get, you could still get him 20 to one at every single major 25 to one at the masters. Um, uh, it's still out there guys. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with with the two guys up top, and I'm just going to stick to them. I'm going to play those guys. I fade Hovland because, you know, you're just picking at straws here. All these guys have been playing well, especially the first three. Rom sort of been having a little bit of an off time, uh, a little bit worried about the heat with him. You know, he's not a small man. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be 100, 100 to 105 degrees uh, out there with that Atlanta humidity. Could be tough sledding. Uh, for Mr. John Rom, when it comes to that, uh, in that type of heat, it's not Arizona. It's not 110 dry. This shit is that wet, thick, gross type heat <laughs> that you get. And, and us fat guys, we don't like that shit. We don't like that. Um, right, let's move on to the next range. We got Homa Cantley, uh, Xander Fitzy. Um, I like Homa and Fit. I like Homa and Xander. But I'll probably play Fitzy also. You know, when you start going down a little bit more in price, you can start playing a little bit more of these guys. I'd probably put Xander as my my number one play. Um, I think I went ahead and bet him 28 to 1 to win the, the, the tournament of champions. Oh, uh, not the tournament of champions, the tour championship. So uh he's a, I think minus four or minus five. Uh I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, I went ahead and bet him 28 to 1, four places each way. Uh, because the guy just crushes this course. Uh, he plays his course well every single year. Uh, it's his shit. No cut event. I'm not worried about the ownership. Give me uh, Xander here. He'll be my favorite player. But I really like Homa. Um, Homa's the last couple of times out has really, really impressed me. Uh, you know, over at the FedEx St. Jude, uh, you know, that's a course that he played like seven, eight times. Never finished top what? Uh, inside the top like 40. Uh, he goes out there, almost wins that, comes back for the first, or comes back next week uh, at the BMW Championship, is in contention, is in the lead, crushing everybody on Saturday till a crazy triple bogey uh, on on Saturday. Some of it might have to do with a little bit of gambling hecklers, which that's something golfers are going to have to deal with. I, it sucks. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be idiots out there, uh, and you can't control all fucking idiots in the world. It's going to be an issue. Let's just hope it doesn't become such a big issue where they stop <laughs> letting the PJ stop letting you bet on golf. Uh, that, that's the worry, of course, when it comes down to that. But those two, I really like. And and, and Fitz, I'll probably play too. But Holman and Sander are my favorite. What about you? Uh, just the two guys in the middle. For me right now, the early interest is definitely, obviously, Sander's record speaks for itself. But so do the stats. So do everything we saw last week. I mean, he closed out. Uh, could have closed out better than he did, but in general, the overall week was not bad for him last week. And then on top of that, uh, Cantlay right above him. So Cantlay, again, just looking at the stats across the board, solid. I mean, I don't need to repeat those. They're always top 10, top five in, in a bunch of the stats we we named and are looking at both short-term and long-term. 
And then coming in off a second and a 15th, fourth and a 16th here, the last couple, like I think he's fine. 16th doesn't mean shit when there's only 30 guys. But my point is it swings so much, Kenny, like the 16th could have been an eighth, could have been a fourth, could have been a 30, like it, just the way it goes. So I, I'm just picking the guys that I like. I will say this though, starting your lineups and just skipping this entire range. Like if you just go, uh, you know, Scotty and Rom or Scotty, or sorry, Rory and um, Rom, like you were saying, or something like that, where you just skip over Homa, Cantlay, Shafle, uh, Fitzpatrick, and even these guys in this next range, that's going to get you uh, a nice little setup there. That I know some will go that way. It's not like it's going to be super sneaky, but obviously people are going to want to play Homa, Cantlay, uh, X, Fitzpatrick off a pretty good week. And then we'll get into this next 9K range where people are going to like guys there. So I just think it'll get spread out there. But if you just start your lineup with two guys above Rom. That's one way to go about it this week and just play extremely aggressive. And then it becomes where does your third guy land versus what the rest of the field might do. Let's talk about line of construction just a little bit with guys like Spieth and Hatton as being one of the, as being some of the cheapest guys in the field. Do you think there's going to be a larger contingent of stars and scrubs this week? I do. Yeah. I I think people are going to pick two guys from this 10K range. A lot of lineups are going to go two guys taking in above. Right. Uh, and I'm not yeah. disputing that. I'm saying, but what happens is now Homa, Cantlay, X, Fitzpatrick fall into what your statement you just made was, which is right. I, I agree with you. I'm saying the differentiator is not super sneaky, but to get just a little bit different would be take two from Scotty down to Rom and start yeah. there where most, a lot of people are deciding on their guy up top. Like, is it going to be Scotty? Is it going to be Rory? Who's my guy that has the numbers? But if th- those two are just so two of those guys are already so likely to be in the top. Now you have to start hitting on combinations down low. But when almost all these guys are the same, if you go from uh, 89,000 and down, really, Kenny, 9,000 and down, there is nobody better than three under versus even. I mean, that is nothing when you look at it from that yeah. perspective. So there's a ton of ways you could still use your roster. It's the same thing. You just need to find the right combination of mixing it in. But I do think that is a way you could get a little bit different this week because your point on hat and speed even some of the ones at the bottom, like I've already heard like Nick Taylor and Shank where people are just comfortable as the full on punt at the bottom of the 5k range. It's just gonna, you're going to just see more stars and scrubs for sure. But because this next range has all guys from four under to five under, that's why, right. You're not really going to see many people start there and hope to just fade the guys at the top. Because like you said, the trends and everything have shown that those guys are just so likely to stay up there. And then sort of the odds show that as well. So it's going to be tough for people to avoid somebody at the top. Let's go ahead and lump the 8K and the 9K range together. We got King and Bradley all the way to Lucas Glover. How you going, Tama? Yeah, early on, the looks like the popular guys, at least, will be Fleetwood and Henley. So if you want to note that and keep that in mind, I mean, again, there's still other great plays here when you go down the board. Like, obviously, Fowler still looks pretty good to me. Harmon and Glover, if you take the recent stuff, have been playing incredible. And then even you go like uh, Glover, who seems overpriced here at 9,700, who has something to prove which I think that's something to take into consideration too, Kenny. I know what I said earlier. He'd have to go out there and pretty much win. That's my opinion on how he would, the only way he could force his way to the Ryder Cup. But there's another thing to note here. And I took this away. I I use this in DFS all the time. So to relate it to the pod and what people out there are thinking, when I'm looking at a tournament and I'm seeing, okay, the top looks like this. So for example, a live final, like uh, the Fantasy Golf World Championship, what what I referenced, my buddy Todd took it down. Like ninth place, through the bottom 40th, because 40 guys made it to the live final, was horrible. It was basically 20 grand in the difference. I think it was 20 grand for last, 40 grand in between, maybe 60 to make 40K increase. But all the money was in the top nine. It's actually the same here. If you go and look, 
there's I say only because it's these golf the golfers. These guys look, they're already rich. So I will say only 500 K to a million. Kenny is the breakdown. I think from where's it at here? I just had it up. So uh, do you have the payout structure in front of you? No, I do. Oh, just, just one second. So it's like it 18 is million for first. It is 500,000 for 30th and it is 1 million for 10th. And to us and most people out there, anybody watching this is like, that's a shit ton of money. I can probably, I'm just telling you, it's just not to these guys. They just, it, it isn't, they care. They want to move their way up, but they are going to fire at every single pin to try and find their way. And some guys will blow up because of it and some won't, but it's in their best interest. Cause that million dollars taxed in some of these places is another 300 grand gone or four to whatever it is, depending on where they're from and live or whatever it looks like at the end of the season, it's just not enough. They have to come out and just fire. And so a guy like Lucas Glover is right there in the middle. This can backfire for sure. But with a with nothing to lose, a lot to prove, and a lot to gain, both in money, Ryder Cup, yeah. all that, he should just fire away. That's good for scoring in a no-cut event. And if it goes the right way, which, by the way, the stats, results, the recent form, show that it's gone the right way for him recently, bar last week, which you could take on, you know, put on him a little bit, but he still finished top 22. Like, it wasn't horrible. Just And a lot of things didn't go his way last week. So, again, I'm not a, a Lucas Glover stand by any means. You know this from talking about the Ryder Cup with me. But that's a reason why I actually don't mind him here at 9,700 when I think most would prefer just to find that money for Xander or can't lay above or drop down to the Ricky Fleetwood, Sungjae, Henley range. If you look at the numbers that Glover has in this field, in the last 50 rounds, he's second in this field in strokes to approach. In this field, he's second. Uh, he's, he's like first in fairways gained in this field. Um, you know, in the last 50 rounds, oh, man, he, he, if he does anything this week, I think he needs to make the team. I think he needs to make, I think he needs to make, um, needs to make Rome and the Ryder Cup. If he does anything. Uh, we'll see. You're right. Because the motivation is going to be there. He should be attacking the pins. The reason he failed last week is his putter failed. Uh, and that could be a big problem. Right. His biggest weapon as of late too. So it could come. It has been. Well. It has been. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, now when it comes to this eight, nine K range, um, uh, you're saying uh, you're saying Fleetwood, Fleetwood and Henley, Fleetwood, M. Henley, and then even secondary, you know, guys like Fowler will be in the mix. But yeah, Fleetwood, yeah. Henley, and Sungjae are likely the most popular here. Sungjae's on fair play. He crushes this course. He loves it here. He's going to be able to sleep in his own bed. How often does Sungjae get to sleep in his own bed? <laughs> you know, it, it can't be that often. Uh, so uh, I know he played well last year, sleeping in his own bed. He just he just got the house. He just moved in. So. Uh, that could be something to say. I like Sungjae a lot. Like I said, I already bet him 28 to 1 uh, for the 72 hole winner. So, uh, yeah, he's he's going to be my favorite play down here. And then when we get down to the 7K, I'm going strictly Korean, strictly for my Koreans. That's how I'm going for this week, like Tupac said, but he didn't use Koreans. He used another word that I'm not allowed to say, but I like Tom Kim. Tom Kim, once again, Fairways, greens, been showing a little bit. Look at the injuries out of the way. Played decent here last year. Give me Tom in the 7K range. Tambo, what about you? Yeah, it's another thing, you know, same thing with the, I said with Glover, I think is what's going to happen with Morikawa. Or sorry, I shouldn't say it like that because I think opposite in ownership. Morikawa is going to be the higher the higher owned version of what I was explaining in reverse. People are going to say Morikawa, one under, long, long irons, everything, fire away, let's go. Results here haven't been the best, but just to note it, like I think that's why people would just land there. But I think all the guys you said around him, I actually like, you know, Tom Kim, 
Corey Connors, uh, Siwoo Kim, Jason Day. Like those are four guys just like that that stand out for me where Morikawa at the highest ownership down here to me is just not the best play because everyone's going to have, you know what I mean? He's going to have a bunch of the ownership. I agree. Counterbalances with all these other plays that I think are the same. They start in the same spot and they're all going to be, like I said, they all are going to fire away. This is a prime Here's the big thing about Morikawa. He's only 20th. He's barely in the top 20 in this field. He's 19th out of 30 and birdie or better percentage in the last 50 rounds. Yeah. He just hasn't been able to get enough birdies. And if you're at minus one, you need fucking birdies. His stats look incredible. And again, the same argument I said, like the 500 K versus a million in the swap in the difference of 30th to 10th. Well, I'm saying that even I don't think that money matters to them, but it's still the only way to get it is to play good. The only way to get that money from one under to move up to 10th and win a million dollars is to play good anyway. So if you, even if you think it does matter to them, it's, it's better than not getting a million dollars. I'm not saying that, but when they're already getting 500, a lot's already written in stone. They're already feeling pretty good. These guys should just come in and fire away. And if that's going to be the ownership on a guy, I expect it to be at least on a guy like Morikawa, I think there's just a bunch of other plays around him. And you could even consider the guy that probably rates out the worst here, but has actually been okay and, and seen this course a lot is Tony Finau at, you know, 200 bucks less. Again, literally nothing to lose, Kenny, nothing to lose yeah. at all here and everything to gain. So why not? And we know he can score at the, at times. So this could like be a, a dead zone. This could be a dead zone where everybody goes to Morikawa and you can get 18% ownership on a Finau, which is like low for an event like this. You know take what I'm us saying? Into the, yeah. Take us into the six cam below uh, while you're doing that. It's a fun. It's the last show of the season. I'm going to pull like, what does the Scotty with these other guys look like and where does it land? That's what I want to see. I'll build that. So obviously in, in the five to six K range, I mean, Spieth and Hatton are probably going to be 40% owned. Maybe. I mean, you would expect them to be the two highest owned down here with maybe two of the five highest owned in the whole um, in the whole tournament. I'm not an ownership guru. I could be wrong as fuck, right? It's Monday at 5 o'clock. I haven't listened to anyone else's shit, so we'll see how that goes. But to me, just looking at it, it seems like these two guys are going to be the highest owned. There's really no reason to talk about them. If you're going to play them, play them. That's fine. Just make sure you're different somewhere else. Um now, the big question is, who do you play other than those two guys here uh, in this range? I'll probably get burned, but I'm going back to Giuseppe. Giuseppe with a really solid finish here last year. I think top 10 uh, here last year. A really good Sunday. I think five, six under on Sunday heading in. The guy's like hit or miss. Like he catches fire or he could shoot like 25 over. It's possible. He can he can shoot twenty over this week, or he, I think he can you know top five the event. And it's GPP. You take that risk on a guy who's fifty something hundred dollars, fifty four hundred dollars. That's the guy that I want to play. I really want to play Sam Burns. The issue is he has sucked ass at this course throughout I mean, the couple of times he's played here. Now hasn't been that many, um, so maybe he can get over it. I want to play Sam Burns. I don't know if I'll get down there. Um, Taylor Moore's probably out because he shot like 275 over par last week. Maybe I should think about it because probably he'll be the lowest owned golfer in the field. I don't know if it's worth it though. I don't I, look the guys won before two weeks ago. He almost won um, a playoff event, you know, and, and then he failed on Sunday, had a bad four rounds this week. I don't know. It could be someone that I think about as well. Uh, who do you like? Uh, now, did you make the line if you wanted to make? 
I'm trying to look for it. It actually is tougher than you think, but I guess I'm using Scotty. Who I get? Do you think more people use Rory than Scotty just for the savings? It's four hundred bucks, but it's not yeah, much. Yeah, I think so. I think I think Rory would probably be the highest owned up there. It's tough to say. Like Rory, Morikawa, Hatton, and Spieth leaves you seventy eight fifty. So you can kind of get like your um, like who would you say earlier that you like? Like if it's uh, Seb Straka, you can still get him in with. Yeah, it's not quite what you can get him in with. Okay, Shank with Xander. So you can get like a Rory, Xander, Spieth, Hatton, Morikawa, Shank. Like it just looks like you said, if someone goes one guy up top and one 10K, it forces you into that like triple punt with like Hatton, Spieth, and Shank. Now, if somebody just picks one, and I'm probably guessing it's going to be Hatton just because, uh, you know, the numbers that I was looking at at least look pretty good on stats wise. Obviously, Spieth is always a choice there, but if you need the 200 bucks, you can go like Hatton, Morikawa, Sungjae, who you mentioned, but then if you take a Rory, you're back down to 69.50. It's like Siwoo Spieth. Like maybe that's the lineup. I don't know. But again, you're maxing out your salary. So I don't know. Maybe we see the guys at the top not get as high of ownership as you would think, where they just pick one. Like, what does that look like if you go Scotty and then drop right down to the bottom? So Hatton, Spieth, Morikawa. I don't know if Burns will be popular just because of the price point, but even that doesn't get you anywhere. Like, I, I don't know. Who who do you think is going to be the most popular guys if you had to pick three? What, in the entire event? Entire event. Who, who do you think is the highest plays that you think will be owned? Rory, Xander, Sungjae. So Rory, because I like them all. They're yeah, my favorites, Rory's and I'm Chalk City. So it really Hatton. does force you into like a 5K guy at that point. Yeah. It was probably Shank. And then that leaves you 6,400. If it's Burns, you land on speed. Like there's the lineup. But so what do you think of this? Rory, Xander, Sungjae, Spieth, Burns, Shank. I mean, that sounds like a great fucking lineup, right? And then Spieth, um, Spieth, Shank can be Nick Taylor Hatton as well. Yeah. So, it sounds like a great lineup. It sounds like a great lineup. It's we'll only going to be about lineup construction, how much you leave in there. And, of course, picking the right guys. That's that's basically what it's going to come down to. Yeah, Damn at the bro. bottom for me, real quick, uh, you mentioned, like, again, you know, Straka, I thought was a good call. I like Straka there. I'll uh, see what the ownership is like on, on a guy like Shank or something, but I think, like, one of Shank or Taylor is okay right at the very bottom just to make that stuff worked, work that we just talked about. And then I guess the sneaky play, like you said, and I know you mentioned it already, but would be if you just take a shot on Taylor more. But, man, I, I don't know what that would be based off of besides just the fact that he probably goes completely overlooked based on he's got hat and speed above him and burns underneath him. Other than that, I, I don't see too much else here. Grio could be interesting too, I guess, but I, I really do like the other guys a little bit more. You're going to have to use some of these guys and it's almost going to be like uh MMA DFS where the underdog fighters that you're like, there's no way they're beating this guy or girl in the ring, but you just have to take the shot because you know, they're going to be so low owned or so out of the mix from the other popular plays there or the popular underdogs. It's the same thing here where you're kind of just flipping that. These guys are all even through minus two. So everybody from 7,900 down is even through minus two. Everybody from 9,000 down only goes up to three under. So that tells you everything you need to know there that it's just a free for all down here. You can kind of take your shots, but if you want to be um, sticking with the popular guys up top, I'd probably get different down here. And then you don't have to leave a million dollars on the table. You can cap it like 49, eight or something and probably still be okay. 
if you're going to build that way and then adjust accordingly, of course, for the field size that you're in, because some of these ownerships are going to absolutely explode when you get into something like the 222 single entry or the 555 with 800 entries and things like that. So you do have to adjust your ownership for those tournaments. All right. That sounds good. Good way to end the season. My bets for this week. I think I've already said them. Uh, it's going to be Homa 14 to one 72 hole winner. Um, Sanjay 28 to one uh, with five places each way uh, for the 72 hole winner. And Xander to win the tour championship four places each way, 28 to one. Yeah, I don't I don't bet this event, but mainly just because like I, I did I have in the past. I just I didn't get anything on the board for today. And my thing is like always the same, like when it's without this guy or without starting strokes now, I get why people are doing it, but like it's obviously possible, especially for Scotty to give it up. I mean, he literally just gave up he gives he gave it up a bunch this season. He can give this up. He's only up two strokes to start the tournament. He's lapping well, he the field and he does year. it again. It's over. He, did he just year. did it last year, yes. Point point taken. But I'm just saying, like in general, he also can do the Scotty things of last week and find the putter for three days instead of two or whatever. And then it's game over by a bunch. So that I understand why people are betting the board without, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, if you like somebody that's down the board, I got no problem. If you actually just bet them and just see what happens over four days, like you see it, it happens. It can happen here too. This, this tournament, not that much um, different than last week where Victor Hobble shoots a 61 on Sunday and goes nuts. These are the best of the best. They're at a course. Some of them know it very well. Like if, if Rory did it or if, Xander did it or something like that. It should not surprise you. Xander's been, I think, really close. Um, I think he actually won. Obviously, he's won it a couple times, but the I think wasn't there another year in the last two years? I think it was two years ago in 2021. Didn't he win it for the non-board? And he was almost something in the like mix that, yeah. Right there anyway, yeah. on top of his other wins. So it's just my point is he's way back, but over four days, anything could happen. So I'm just again bet him without the starting strokes. You want the safety of it, but you'll get some good numbers on these guys if you could just go to the regular board and just play it from there. So however you want to do it, it's not really for me, but uh, I'll be playing DFS, like I said, and I'll be in the streets there looking for some unique lineups that way. Yeah, well, I need I need a W here so I can be up for the year. Up yeah. for the year. That is the goal. All right, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Uh, it should be out here shortly. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership. Football starting up. So they got all their crazy football tools, insane stuff, tools, Crazy shit over there at Gup's Corner. I don't even know what's going on because it flies over my head because I am not the sharpest tool in the shed. But they got the sharp, they got all the sharp guys there. They're doing their thing. Come join Gup's Corner Tambo. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. The tidbits, as mentioned last week, are done until week one NFL. So they'll come back, they'll still be free. Everything will be all good there. You guys can check it out. Do me a favor, help me out when those come around. That's all I ask. It's free. Just repost it, comment quote, whatever you do to it, anything just to share it around. It's free. It does take time. I appreciate it. It's very helpful. Uh, I know a lot of people get a lot from it. So help me out there. And then of course, check out shipitnation.com. All the major sports. we got the six major sports, NFL being the biggest coming soon, but NBA, NHL right behind that. We'll still have MLB, PGA and, and uh, MMA on the go. So keep that in mind. The promos are this just to run it out since the last show of the season, the $59 a month, We'll go to $69 a month. We said that from day one when we're bringing on three major sports coming up. That's why it's only 10 bucks more. But if you want to get in now, you can lock in the $59. The three, two, one bundle, the blast off bundle gets you six months of everything. Some sites are 375 or 399 just for football. This is all the sports through Super Bowl and beyond now because we launched this on August 11th. It goes through until six months from when you purchase it 
but that gets you down to $53.50 a month for everything locked in. And if you want to go with the annual, it's $5.99, but that's $49 a month. It works out to, so it's less than $10 a month per sport for projections, ownership, the content, being in the members-only Discord community with all like-minded individuals, goal set, goal setting, things that we're doing there to try and get better as actual players. And then right now, if you sign up, you, this is free to go check out, shipitnation.com slash education. You can check it out. Hoop and myself recorded a four-hour DFS course for NFL, specifically breaking down our entire process from roster construction, live finals, millimakers, makers, single entry through 150 max, pretty much anything showdown, anything you can think of. So check that course out. It comes free with the purchase of any membership to shipitnation.com. Thank you all so much for our eighth season. I appreciate you guys for that. We'll be back for a ninth season starting at the Fortinet Championship. Kenny. Season eight down the drain. It was a good one. Season nine coming up in three weeks, which is fucking insane to me. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.